We don't talk about it, we shot Straight about the gutter, we charge Straight about the gutter, we heartless I'm a street nigga in the heart And I'm gonna hit my targets BBS is dripping off my chain, ho I be in the places where you can't go And we're back Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in This is Dump on the Ump Ostensibly a baseball podcast Tonight is Wednesday, August the 19th, coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Hey, Joel, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you, as usual, from Brooklyn, New York, where I found out earlier today that I have a high level of COVID-19 antibodies going through my bloodstream. Damn. Yeah. So that means I had COVID-19, apparently. That's so crazy. Did you ever go through a period where you felt sick? No. I mean, at the beginning of this whole thing, I woke up every morning thinking that I had coronavirus, but I was just hungover. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, I feel so bad. And then Michelle was like, you had, you drank like half a bottle of whiskey last night, Sam. So like, you're not going to feel good. <laughs> When that's sick, you're just hungover. That's when you start drinking again. Right. Yeah. You don't got to work. It's on lockdown. Uh, yeah, it's quarantine. Uh, like I said, I'm coming from you from Champagne. My name is Joel. Uh, tonight, you know, there's going to be technically the B block, but we're just going to do, I'm going to call this like a, a chill episode. We got some uh, topics in sports we want to talk about. But we're going to kind of go go through them uh, however we fucking feel like it. So, ostensibly a baseball podcast, but I wanted to start with the NBA. The NBA playoffs are going on right now. Uh, the NBA is doing all their playoffs in the bubble, right? So you got, they initially invited the 22 teams who could qualify for the playoffs. They finished, now they're down to 16. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers, a team that I root for, they've gone 6-2 and two in the bubble. Then the Blazers won the first ever play-in game in NBA history, defeating the Memphis Grizzlies to obtain the 8th seed in the West. And then they beat the number one LA Lakers in game one. So they're actually up one game to nothing on LeBron James and the LA Lakers. Rip City. Rip City, baby. This is the first time I think I've rooted against LeBron in the playoffs since he was with Miami, uh, which was so long ago when you think about it. Uh, one thing I've noticed, like the games, I haven't watched a lot of the games, but the ones that I have watched are really fucking fun because without the fans there, it's more like it has like a pickup game kind of feel to it, and the players get super intense. You can hear him cursing. Um, the other thing I thought was there's no... I think it's going to be real different in the playoffs because there's no home court advantage. Home court advantage in the playoffs is huge. So even though like the Lakers are ostensibly the home team, it doesn't matter. Like There's no fans. So they're not boosting up the home team. I think that because of the environment, 
home court advantage is strongest in basketball as compared to uh, football, baseball. And why do you think that? I think because they play indoors in small arenas. So when the fans are cheering, like it has a greater effect. And something about like the adrenaline rush, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I think there's a home home advantage in every sport, but like in in so many baseball games, well, and this is the other thing, you know, a baseball game, one swing, one play can change the entire game really easily. Right. Where that can happen in basketball, but not in the same way because each team gets, you know, whatever, 100 possessions. Right. So... But don't you think that the opposite is true also? Like, you know, what's more of a freaking turn on? It's like you drain a three and everybody goes crazy or you drain a three and everybody shuts the fuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah, the players say they love, you know, hushing the crowd. But I, I, I don't really believe, I mean, I believe them, but I think like on some really like maybe subconscious level, you want the, it's harder when the crowd's against you. Okay. Even, if, and even if they don't admit it. So how long is this series between the Lakers and the Blazers? Best of seven. Okay. And they play, Best of seven in the I, first round? Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh. and there's four rounds and they play every other day, Sam. My God, the baseball playoffs are going to be done before the basketball playoffs. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, so, quick hits. Who do you got taking the West? I mean, you know, the heart in me has to say uh, the Blazers. The head in me, I will. I I'm, might get on the L.A. Clippers. Um Oh, I was mostly wrong. Interesting. Um, the head in me might get... Uh, I like the Clippers. I like Kawhi Leonard. Right. Uh, and how do you feel about the East? Uh, Boston's good. Uh, I'll pick... Because I know Eli, Eli must be excited. They whooped up on Philadelphia. Right, they lost Gordon Hayward, though. Yeah, that's yeah, that's gonna affect them. I'll go with the Raptors. I'll go with a Kawhi versus his old team in the, huh. the finals. That's crazy. I know. Yeah, longtime listeners of the show will remember former podcaster Eli, who left us for greener pastures. But he has put all of his emotional eggs in the Celtics basket because the Red Sox are so terrible this year. Right. So, an early exit from the NBA playoffs could like ruin him if the Celtics yeah. get knocked out early. So yeah, I still we're think all, we're all pulling for the Celtics <laughs> for Eli's sake. For I think Eli's sake, I yeah. think will beat the Phillies, but probably lose to Toronto in the next round. Check this out. This is weird. Okay, home team winning percentage in the regular season: NFL fifty-seven percent. NBA 59%, MLB 54%. Really? Mm-hmm. 
I would have th- thought that it would be, baseball would be more. In the playoffs, home team win percentage, NFL 64%, NBA 64%, MLB 54%. The same. Yeah. So the home team in the NFL and the NBA has a higher chance of winning in the playoffs, but the MLB stays the same. Huh. Weird. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah, I would think that the unique contours of a baseball field would favor the home team more than the uniform. I, I really think it's more psychological. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You have to shit oh, in your own toilet. Thing, though, the other thing about the playoffs, that's the playoffs, it goes up because the better team has home court advantage. Right. I bet that's why. Yep. Anyway, so um, NBA playoffs are going on. I also got a shout out to Damian Lillard, who he won the MVP of the bubble league. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that team is like lives and die with that one guy, right? They will, but they're doing better because they don't have to as much because uh, they got Nurkic back, uh, their big guy, who's really good. And he had like a broken leg for a se- an entire season and a half or something like that. Um, and they've got C.J. McCollum, who is like the sidekick who can be good. Oh, and they've right. got they've got this new guy, Gary Trent Jr., which I think is, just for some reason, I think that's a really funny name. Um, but he's been playing really well for them. All right. <clears throat> yep, so, so that's basketball. Basketball. What yeah. about just the Bucks? They're not in the picture? Or? No, they're the number one team in the East. They lost their first game. Uh, who were they playing against? I couldn't tell you. Not the Nets, because the Nets are playing the Clippers. Who are the Bucks even playing? Wow, I'm spacing on this. Who's the other team in the East? Orlando? The Orlando Magic. Technically the home team, so that's probably why. Gotcha. Um, Oh, because they're playing in Orlando. Playing in Orlando, yeah. All right. Moving on. Back to baseball. I'm going to hit you with one that maybe you know about, maybe you don't. This is kind of breaking news. You ready? Yeah. I'm going to read you this headline. Yeah. This happens just now. An apparent hot mic moment, Cincinnati Reds broadcaster Thom Brenneman was caught uttering a homophobic slur between innings on Wednesday. Less than two hours later, he was apologizing and exiting the booth. Before the seventh inning in game one of the Wednesday's doubleheader against the Royals, viewers heard Brenneman calling an unknown area, quote, the F-word capital of the world. Uh, He did not seem to be aware that he was on the air when he said that and soon started plugging a Reds pregame show on Fox Sports Ohio. (laughs) Video of the moment began circulating online between games of the doubleheader. Brenneman stayed on to call the second game with no acknowledgement of the slur, even as many started calling for his job on social media. That is until the fifth inning, at which point Brenneman was removed from the broadcast. Before making his exit, Brenneman apologized for the slur on the air, 
only to be interrupted by a Nicholas Castellanos home run. Oh, nice. <laughs> Wait, who were the Reds playing? Pittsburgh? Kansas City Royals. Kansas. So my question to you, Joel, is this Cincinnati guy, Who? where do you think he thinks the F-word capital of the world is? San Francisco? See, I think that it's something. He's probably talking about Kansas City. Because, talking like, about the Cincinnati. It's like, oh, yeah. all those fancy boys up in Kansas City. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> like, he has one very specific, like, like bias stereotype against Kansas City that nobody else shares. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Kansas City. I can't stand that place. Everybody else is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I, I got one for you that's almost the same thing. You ready? Yeah. Play-by-play man John Falk is his name, wrote a racial slur in a tweet Monday night during an NBA game between the Utah Jazz and Denver Nuggets. Oh Falk was marveling at the shooting display of both teams, particularly Utah's Donovan Mitchell and Denver's Jamal Murray, and posted a tweet that has since been deleted. Think about what uh, racial slur he used instead of Denver Nuggets. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, he's been fired. He apologized. He said uh, he was suspended after he used the N-word on Twitter, which he claimed was a mistyped word and horrific error. Now, I don't believe him, but what kind of terrible autocorrect would that have been? Yeah. It's like, Siri's actually a racist? Well, yeah, here's the tweet. Shot making in this jazz N-word game is awesome. Murray and Mitchell going back and forth. What a game. Huh. That's the tweet. <laughs> like, that does sound like that's the worst autocorrect of all time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Announcers and their clothes. Wow. Yeah. Who's he a play-by-play guy for? The Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Huh. Crazy, huh? Well, that's crazy. You think this Reds guy is done? I don't know. Forever? I, I actually... Ugh. Okay, so the, the Charlotte guy got suspended. He apologized. He, like, was horrified by it. It sounds like the Cincinnati guy... I mean, he's probably had to apologize for it, but he just kept talking on air. He didn't realize he was being broadcast. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, it wasn't an accident. He was talking about something between innings, and it came back before he realized. And he was talking to the other Reds broadcaster? I guess, yeah. Because that also would have been super awkward if you're the sitting there listening to your homophobic co-worker that you have to go to every game. But they're not at the game. They're in Cincinnati. Probably, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. They 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 should get rid of him, but 
you never know what's going to happen. Uh, speaking of which... <laughs> wait, wait, you got to listen to this apology. You ready? Okay. I made a comment earlier tonight that I guess went over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. If I have to hurt, if I've hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a man of faith. And there is a drive into deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. And so that will make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize for <laughs> That's like some Blackmire shit right there. Yeah. Like, I want to talk deeply about, you know, my my wife's... Well, yeah, that's how the opening thing starts, right? Then he's like, and eh, there's a double yeah. Here goes my, <laughs> my wife, the filthy whore. Baseball. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, that's one of the... I mean, it's terrible that he said the slows on the internet, but uh, the radio, but, uh, you know, something crazy happens every day. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's done. Yeah. And he's not a ball player. His dad was the the Reds uh, commentator. Huh. That's, so, a, that's a weird, like, heritage. Yo, Joe Buck also is a well, I knew. Yeah. Also Brock Myers' nemesis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to watch, like, I've been on MLB TV watching, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this, I've somehow watched a lot of Oakland games. I've been trying to, like, evaluate who I think the best uh, broadcast teams are. Um, I think the Texas Rangers, I actually like. I don't. I never catch their names, which I need to get better at. But I, I really like the Rangers broadcast. I really dislike the Cardinals broad, excuse me, broadcast. Thought it was, yeah, they're the worst. Yeah, you know them? I've heard them before, yeah. They're, like, super boring. They're the boringest, but they're, yeah. like, perfect for... The Cardinals? St. Louis, yeah. Yeah. The, the Yankees I don't like, but that's because they're the Yankees. Uh, those are the ones I had opinions about. Yeah. I Obviously, I think the White Sox are the best. Um, do you want to talk about college football? Or yeah, right on. College football? I mean, well, you told me. what You were telling me about Michigan State and Notre Dame. What decisions did they make? Oh, I just saw a headline. Let's see. Um what, why don't you tell me about what's going on with other teams? Like, leagues have shut down, so, right? Yeah, shut down. So the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have shut down, right? And the other three power leagues, the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC, have not shut down and said that they're planning on playing games this fall, which I think is absolutely insane, dangerous, crazy. I don't know why people think this is a good idea. In the Big Ten, the Big Ten is a shit show because... They announced that by a vote of 12 to 2 of the uh, presidents, it was either the presidents or the athletic directors of the schools, they voted, I believe it was the presidents, they voted to shut down football for the fall. And so people figured out that the two outriders were Iowa and Nebraska, basically because 
as smaller rural schools, they would actually have the most financially to lose from that decision. But then they started talking to uh, representatives from other universities like Penn State who said there never was a vote. So somebody was fucking lying about there being a vote to decide whether or not they're going to shut down football. So that's right. then a bunch of angry Iowa parents have gathered together and wrote an angry letter to the Big Ten demanding that they open up football to let their children play. And they're talking about, like, actually organizing physical protests. I don't, I think it's so crazy. I, I don't know. I don't understand the world anymore, Sam. Like College football fans will be a very fertile soil for anti-coronavirus protests. I'm yeah. just going to, that's a hot take I'm throwing out yeah, there. That's true. That's totally true. And it's funny because it's college. It's supposed to be like higher education, but. Right. Well, the problem is there's, you know, maybe we shouldn't fund a higher education with blood sports. Right. Yeah. Um, so wait, you told me the Notre Dame because the Notre Dame one is important. So Notre Dame, their schedule, they lost their schedule because everybody else was canceling on them because they're an independent but they play a lot of Big Ten, Pac-12 games. And like the smaller conferences, the MAC had already shut down. So Notre Dame didn't want to cancel football because they probably have the single largest TV revenue stream. So they wanted to keep playing. So the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference, said, hey, you can play us. We'll let you into the conference for this year only. You'll be an ACC team. You'll play an ACC schedule. So Notre Dame could technically win their first ever conference championship. Notre Dame said, great, got their ACC schedule. Everybody was excited. Then students start coming back to the Notre Dame campus in Indiana, and they start getting sick, like like spikes. I mean, this is going to happen at all these campuses. You start getting thousands of 20-year-olds together? Yeah, well, so... Since in, in Notre Dame, since August 13th, 927 people have been tested for coronavirus. 147 positive results. Right. Um, Michigan, well, they hadn't started yet. So Notre Dame put a, is doing two weeks of no in-person classes. I think wow. the students can still live in the dorms, but they can't. Um, no classes. Football practice has been suspended at least for a day, it says. Hmm. Michigan State hadn't started their semester and they told students not to come to campus. Um, the school's remote education will start September 2nd. Hmm. UNC that Chapel Hill. Yeah, that's the uh, other big They opened on August 10th. Five school employees and 130 students have tested positive, and they shut it down. Yeah. And living in a college dorm room is the last place I would want to be doing corona. Well, the third last place I would want to be doing coronavirus. Right? The worst two, all the hot, not all the hot spots, the worst hot spots are coming from prisons and nursing homes. And I know, okay, I hear you. College kids are, you know, young and healthy. 
dorms are disgusting and you've got hundreds of people packed in together. Right, like sucking face, too. Yeah, exactly. Like there's more face sucking in a college dorm than there is in a prison, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Uh, off-campus parties. I do think, I mean... That's um, the thing. They blamed it on off-campus yeah. parties, too. That's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. So, yeah, so North Carolina's, and they're in the ACC. North Carolina's in the ACC, and they've canceled on-person instruction. And all of this is like, all these universities are like, okay, we're going to do it. And then after two weeks, they're like, oh, no. There's no way we can do this. Right. So they, like, get everybody there, infect them with the virus, and then send them home to, like, yeah. wherever the fuck they came from to, like, spread it there. Right. And I'd probably not give them any tuition refunds. Probably, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, no, just zoom in. It'll be the same. Yeah. No, it's messed up. And I just, you know, the SEC is never going to cancel. Right. Yeah. They will die first. They will die before they cancel college. They will play the football games on the bodies of the fallen children before they <laughs> cancel that schedule. Yep. I can't disagree with that. But man, I said this before. Still kind of sad because Oregon was going to be really good this year. Yes, I'm glad we're doing the right thing. I can't. There's also, I mean, why is this a red state, blue state thing? That's, that's the other thing that boggles my mind. That the West Coast Pac-12 and, like, the Midwest, uh, Big Ten, are like, yeah, we're shutting it down. And the South and the Southeast are like, no, we're full speed ahead, motherfuckers. It doesn't make sense. And that's really sad. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it's a red state, blue state thing because we've gotten to a point in the, like, we've gotten to a point where if the blue does anything, the red has to do the opposite. Right. Which, you know, could be a tactic. Like, you know, Democrats should just be like, you know what? Everybody has to, like, stop having sex with livestock. You know what I mean? Like, it's a full-on <laughs> democratic stance that nobody should be fucking sheep out there, you know? And then all the Republicans would be like, well, you know what? I'm going to fuck some sheep. I'm going to do it because Joe Biden can't tell me what to do. <laughs> Joe Biden cannot tell me what to do. Oh, man, that's going to be his entire convention speech. Anti-sheep anti fucking... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, and we've also talked about this, how, you know, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed, uh, that I like baseball, so, uh, foot, college football so much, because it's so terrible. Well, the bodies of children, uh, baseball is happening, kind of in between, kind of in between the success of the NBA playing in the bubble and the coming apocalypse that's going to be the college football season is baseball kind of muddling along Cincinnati Reds had to, had to postpone some games because of the coronavirus right 
Clay Knowles back on the field. Miami Marlins, apparently they got good because they had coronavirus. Um, so these teams, so the, the Cardinals have to play, I don't know, so many games in so few days to make up all the time that they lost. So their entire schedule is now basically double headers. But all these double headers are going to be seven inning games. I'm mad. Here's why I'm mad. The Cardinals are one and zero, two and zero, three and zero, three and one, four and one, four and two in these seven inning games, and they're six and seven overall. So they're two and five in four games, but four and two in seven inning games. Right. They're, they're getting a competitive advantage here. Because they're playing fewer innings. Right. And maybe they figured out the tactics of how to win a seven, you know, how to use your pitching rotation in the seven-game inning. I don't know. Right. By giving up four home runs in a row. That was, that was, the, that was the only nine-game inning, nine-inning game we played against them. They swept us in the seven-inning doubleheader. I was so mad about that. So, I'm, this is a hot take, and I know that you disagree with me on this, but okay. I feel like Major League Baseball was very blasé about, oh, yeah, we'll just do seven-inning games. It's just going to be seven-inning doubleheaders without kind of addressing what that means. And I'm talking about, like, baseball's a numbers game, right? right. So what does that mean for statistics, specifically pitching statistics? So, like... ERA is based off of nine innings. And so you can just go through and say um, it's still based off of nine innings. But in a seven-inning game, I feel like that changes the nature of ERA because it's just assume that nine innings is a regulation game. And so seven innings, especially because they're playing so many seven-inning games, like, I feel like that should skew the stats. A. That's A. Oh, that's A. Okay. Okay. What about wins? Because, like, a win in a five-inning, in a nine-inning game comes after pitching the fifth inning. But what about in a seven-inning game? Because, like, you can pitch five innings of a seven-inning game, and then the closer can come in. Like, what the fuck is that? Is it now, like you pitch through the third inning of a seven inning game and then you become the winner or the fourth inning. Like we need some, we need to address some of these fucking issues. Okay. I'm glad you, but cause I actually do not disagree with you on B. I do still disagree with you on a, just because ELA, you can just do the math, right? It's still out of nine innings, right? Right. Because- but the nine inning like number is based on a regulation game. I see that, but but you know if if you've got a middle reliever who comes into the, a game and pitches two and a third innings and gives up one run, that still his ERA is still calculated out of nine innings. He doesn't have to get, play the whole nine innings. Right, but that same pitcher in a seven inning game comes in and pitches one and a third innings. Right, like so the whole. The whole nature of the game changes, and so to just pretend, like to just like not address that in, on a statistical level, is like I call bullshit on that 
because then you're just kind of like whitewashing the fact that you just kind of snapped your fingers and changed what Major League Baseball was at its core. Well, I disagree with you on the ELA because I think the math stays the same. I agree with you on the wind. I probably would agree with you on the complete game, right? Pitching is set. You is pitching seven innings. Like in the stats books, they were talking about that. It is like if if a pitcher pitches seven game innings and gets a complete game, he gets that stat. What if someone pitches a seven inning no hitter? What if someone pitches a seven inning uh, perfect game? Then I'd be mad. I mean, I'm sure they'd give it to him, but that cheapens every other no hitter perfect game, right? Right. Yeah. That that I would definitely agree with you on. Right. So I think it has to change ERA. Because I, I think that you can't just ignore the fact that you've just completely changed baseball because you felt like it. Like, there's no reason to play seven-inning games. Like, except for Rob Manfred is like, oh, there's going to be more doubleheaders this year, and therefore people aren't going to, like, want to pay attention to that many innings, like, in a doubleheader. So I'm just going to go ahead and unilaterally change doubleheaders to seven-inning games. Like, you can't just do that and then, like, not acknowledge that that has been done. Fine. You, you know I hate Rob Manfred, but I, I actually think the players really were supportive of this because they don't want to have to play 18 innings every day over and over and over again. Right. Well, wear your fucking mask then, That Lewis. Like, fuck you. Like, I don't give a shit about that. Like, you can't just change baseball because you feel like it. You know, it's like, oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to play two nine inning games. It's like, fuck you. Like, play the games. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a time when they did just, I mean, that, that's the thing that we're going to be, you know, is this forever arbitrarily changing baseball? The DH is gone. Seven inning games. Man starts on second base, which I still am opposed, but less so than I was before, because it is kind of interesting sometimes. I think I mean, we talked about it last week. There'd be better ways to do it, like take a take a player off the field after each inning. Right. Why don't they play nine innings and just have two strike strikeouts? Yeah. Three ball walks. Huh? Why don't we just do that? Since we're just like fucking changing shit. Well, I don't, instead of extra innings, let's just do a home run duty. Yeah, as instead of extra in extra innings, all the pitchers have to throw underhanded. Like that's just the way we do it now. <laughs> I would watch that game. <laughs> uh, Sam's mad. I think it's funny. Uh, somebody said this. I don't know who. That instead of home run derbies, they should do triple derbies. Like have three outfielders and a third baseman, and see. How who can hit the most triples? So you're not trying to get a home run. You're trying to get it like into the corner. Right. I that sounds more boring. And I already think the home run derby is pretty boring. Yeah, I think the home run derby is boring too. I don't know why people. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> uh, 
on this day in 1951, Eddie Geidel pinch hit for the St. Louis Browns. He was three feet, eight inches tall, and he got a four-pitch walk. Just got to point that out. Historic that day. was it? That was his only at-bat. He was like, it was like a gimmick? Yeah, it was a gimmick. The St. Louis Browns were owned by Bill... Uh, somebody's going to yell at me about this. I think this is true. The St. Louis Browns were owned by Bill Veek right there. Yeah, three-foot-seven guy now. Yeah, Bill Beak was their owner. He wore the jersey number 1-8 and reached first base on a four-pitch walk because he didn't have a strike zone. Um, Beak owned two baseball teams, so he purposefully uh, like changed the St. Louis Browns into a la- laughing stock. That's what happened. He, he was three feet tall? No, the baseball... the. Eddie Geidel was three feet tall. Okay. But not the owner. The owner wasn't also a short guy that was just looking for, like, a thrill. <laughs> no, that would be weird, though. Has there ever, yeah, there's been owner players in the past, hasn't there, like, a hundred years ago? A hundred years ago what? Player owners. Player yeah. owners? Yeah. In the Negro Leagues, I think that happened a lot. Oh, yeah, that's true. I want to say, like, Honus Wagner or someone on their team, but now I'm just making stuff up. Um, yeah, Bill Veek owned the Cleveland Indians, the St. Louis Browns, and the Chicago White Sox, 1914 to 1986. Um, yeah, imagine that. Buying your own baseball team, becoming a billionaire, and buying your own baseball team only so that you could... Put yourself in to play. Like you, sure. you demanded that you like got to hit eight every day. Right. You would still be trying harder than High and Bloom and the Boston Red Sox are this year. Sure. And if anyone ever gave you shit, you could be like, "Oh yeah, look at the 2020 Red Sox. They yeah. didn't even have any pitchers. Like, don't talk to me about not trying." How do you guys not have any pitchers still? How many rookies have you played? I don't even know. That's something. Not, not as many as you'd think. Oh, yeah. That's something I'm amazed about watching baseball so often. They're like, and making his major league debut. I'm like, Jesus, another one? Because, like, all these dudes are getting sick or opting out. There's no minor league baseball. Right. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Coronavirus ruining everything. It really, you know, so crazy that it's still at the center of every single conversation. Right. We thought it's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else that we can end on a positive note. I feel like trivia should be making a comeback. You could play trivia socially distanced. Yeah. Or like Tron, I think I brought that up before. Or like uh like Power Rangers style battles. Like put people in big ass robot suits and have them beat on each other. Yeah. <clears throat> like those inflatable su- sumo suits. Yeah, make that a sport. 
the other crazy thing though is that like UFC still is going on when I'm like that's the worst idea. Right. Yeah. Those guys are crazy. Well, that's the thing. <clears throat> is those guys are just crazy. Yeah. And they probably all want to die. Yeah. If you're already willing to step into the octagon, you're probably not too concerned about coronavirus. Right. Yeah. God. Like coronavirus. Fucking please. I try to kill myself every single day. I'm about to voluntarily get my arm broken. (laughs) And then, like, high five the guy who did it. Right. (sighs) Yeah, Yeah. he's my best friend, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been. Chill dump on the ump tonight again, Wednesday, August the 19th. Thank you so much for listening. If you listen to us on Apple iTunes, give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. You can also check us out on soundcloud.com slash umpandhemp. Listen to us on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at dump on the ump, Instagram, Facebook at dump on the ump. We got a WordPress blog too. All right. Uh, for Sam, my name is Joel. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Tango, my brother down the road on Tango. Grab nigga sweeter than a mango. Tech on me with the coolie on it, I'ma fuck around and I'ma squeeze. Pain running through my veins, I don't want the fame, I just want to eat.